Hello and welcome to the CLB Forge podcast, where we offer tools to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. I'm Mike Natal. And I'm Ryan Nilsson. Welcome to episode five. What would it be like to train for one mission field and find yourself in a completely different one? That's what's happened to today's guest. Our guest grew up in the central and mountain time zones of North America, mostly in Canada and Mexico. He has a BA in Spanish education and a BS in psychology from Montana State University and an MDiv from Lutheran Brethren Seminary. He served with summer serving teams for nine summers, seven of them on their training staff, four and a half years in the LB Youth Ministries office, including two working with a church plant in Chandler, Arizona, served four years as youth leader at Yellowstone, Yellowstone LB in Billings, Montana, before seminary, and two and a half years as pastor in Birch Hills, Saskatchewan, after seminary. And then six years with Lutheran Brother. Wait a minute. How old are you? Are you 97? This is... Uh, Getting closer. You're definitely the most experienced person in this conversation right now. Okay, six years with Lutheran Brother International Missionaries as a missionary to the Balala people in Chad. And he'll be starting uh, as pastor at Community of Joy in Egan, Minnesota, later this summer. So please welcome our guest today, Pastor Danny Bronson. Welcome, Danny. Solid. Welcome, Thank Danny. You. Yeah, I feel like, Ryan, maybe we need to do a little something like uh, if we can, you know how they have those laugh tracks? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, like when, you, when you're like, welcome, Danny Bronson, then all of a sudden I think we should have like a cheer track where it's like, ah, yeah. Danny, he's here. So we're ha- uh, inquiring. So here's what I want to ask before we really get this podcast going and we get down to the nitty gritty of asking you these questions, Danny, yep. I need to ask you, do you still have those shoes that are individually towed? Uh, yes. Amazing. I would not go without them. Amazing. Ryan, have you ever seen those shoes before? Those in where yeah. like each yeah. individual toe is. Yes. That's- yes, I have as a, a member of the hiking community. I have seen them, and I have actually seen Danny wearing those. Yes, that was actually my first uh, initial meet they, of Danny was noticing those shoes. Are they called Vibram uh, Five Fingers? Is that what they're called? Yes. Okay. Yep. Solid. Is That's it the correct. same pair, or you replace them periodically? I would assume. Uh, well, the I have had multiple pair, uh, multiple pairs, but I do need to replace them now because everything I've got is wearing out. Um, yeah. so I'm looking for new ones, but okay. I got to find the right style and size for me. Okay. There you go. Well, best of well, luck. Guess what? Um, Vibram is our sponsor. And so everyone on the show today gets new hiking boots. Just kidding. No, they're not. Oh man. That would be I got all excited. But I don't want hiking boots. I want five fingers. Okay. All right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, we, this is also a special occasion cause it's our fifth episode. And um, we thought about making it a retrospective to look back at all the highlights back on our last shows, you know, over the days. And but we decided yeah, we're going to have a guest. We're going to instead of just pausing to celebrate, we're going to keep going. Right. right. Yeah. So we're definitely not going to take any moments of silence or anything like that or time to reflect because we have a great guest. So, yeah. Danny, thanks for being here. Um, and right out of the gate, what I would love to ask you is so you're currently wait, living in Minneapolis. Wait. Oh, I got a more serious question. Which do you think is better, Star Trek or Star Wars? I am 
<clears throat> I and am no matter Star Trek. No matter what you say, one of us is going to be upset with you. What, right. what? What did you say? What did you say? I am partial to Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Excellent. Right with you, Ryan. I don't know if you could tell, but I—that's what I think too. Things are coming good. off the rails. Good, good, good. I Ladies enjoy them, gentlemen. Both, I prefer Star Trek. Excellent. You know, and I just want to say, Star Trek has some things that Star Wars does not. Like, for example, Star Trek has—they uh, have recitals on their ship, music recitals. <laughs> yes. And they have uh, complicated diplomatic and bureaucratic processes that they have to negotiate. I mean, you just can't get that kind of stuff from Star Wars. Wow, so, doesn't that go, just sound riveting for go the ahead. people at home? Wow. Go ahead. It's just, it's magical. It is. Well, now that the people are practically asleep, we need to wake them up somehow. So let's bring them back. So here's this question that we have. First question. Uh, Danny, you are currently living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But a few years ago, you were a missionary in Chad, Africa. Yes. What was involved in your preparation to go to Chad? What What would that look like for someone who is feeling the call to go into international mission? What's involved with that? Well, the um, the particular parts of our training that were kind of organized training were um, uh, the first was a one month course that deals with um, really adapting cross culturally. Uh, or at least trying to learn how better to adapt, uh, go cross-culturally, and uh, also some really uh, strong basic principles in language learning, because often, you know, the language learning component is a part of that. And for us, it definitely was. And so then the, the second organized um, kind of uh, training was language school. So we did um, the first training that one month was in Colorado. The the language school was in France. So we were there originally for a year to learn uh, French can, before moving on to Chad. Can I back you up then? So you yeah. you went to seminary, right? Got your MDiv, yes. which is a three-year yeah. degree. For, yes. Kind of shaped around becoming a pastor. Yeah. Right? Um, and I would say even even in seminary, my our thoughts were going overseas. Okay. Yep. Um, so, you know, pastoring... It was a part of that, but also even in preparation for going overseas. Yeah. yeah. So you get your four-year college degree, although it looks like you got two of them. And then yeah. you do a double major. Yeah. And I guess with the education, you could call it a triple major maybe, but <laughs> oh, okay. I just did right. stuff that I enjoyed and that's the way it came out, you know? So Mike, I think Mike, we got an underachiever here with us today. Yeah, it sure sounds like it, especially that they're back to back. Last episode was Tony Carlick. And remember we had to like split up his bio because yep. it was just so extensive. So <laughs> yep. like between Danny and Tony, it's like you and me, Ryan, we are just, yeah, I'm, guys, I'm feeling that. Slacker, like, we need right? to step it up. We need to step up our game, dude. Okay. So you went, you got your bachelor's <laughs> and then you got your master's degree. So you're seven years in and then you go to, uh, a one-month cross-cultural training. Then you go to France for a year for yeah. language study. Okay. And then was yeah, there... and that's not really the end. That's only the uh, formal uh, preparation. Wow. <laughs> wow. What, el- what else was there after that then? Maybe, well, maybe you could tell uh, us about like, my, my next question was like, what was your ministry like in Chad? So I'm guessing yeah. your training continued there while you were also yeah. beginning ministry. 
So yeah, tell, tell so, us a little bit about um, that. So I would say uh, the first part of ministry is really continued preparation. Um, I like to, I've started talking about this uh, work as a missionary as kind of a job that has a five-year orientation program. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, you've got that formal training, but then, especially in Chad, um, because of the language uh, aspect, and because French is, is important, but it's not the main language spoken by the people that we're ministering to. So there's at least one or two other languages that need to be learned. Um, and so that process continues. And then the cross-cultural learning is informal, but it's there. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of that training. So, uh, you know, moving into the country in Chad, you have to learn the way of doing life there and you know what are people like what are their actions how do they look at things how do they what do they do what are their behaviors what are what's family life uh what's important to them all those things so it's continued training uh, and it's not like that ever stops but really the first few years um you know you can start in ministry and it's great and we want to do that um but you're just learning you're learning so much the whole time yeah wow yeah Thank you. Thank you. So w- once you're in Chad, what, what were some of the things you were doing? What, what, what was your life like as a, as a missionary over there? Well, uh, so continuing the learning, that's a big part yeah. of it. Um, but the, the end goal, of course, is to get to uh, be established in a, in a location, in a village or town, and uh, really get to know the people and with the purpose of sharing the gospel with them. So um, we really, like I said, because of the orientation program aspect, you know, or dimension to it, we really were just getting started as we got in there. But um, so the first part is, you know, finding a place to live, determining where that place for ministry is, um, establishing that. We rented a house, added some things that would make it a little bit easier for us to be uh, able to do ministry um, without always be thinking about the daily aspects of life, which most of our neighbors were doing that's that's their life is just living you know getting those getting the food you need you know meal preparation is a long process for the women that are making meals you know work in the fields is all day sometimes and you know so those types of things so Mm -hmm. just making it easier for us to live so that was a part of it and then really getting into getting getting to know the community um and then of course ministry aspects that we were joining like uh, that the church is already doing there are some um, development projects like uh, putting in wells, uh, fresh water wells with the Living Waters Ministry. And um, in our area, especially, we had uh, some crop failure, especially in villages to one direction from us. And so uh, working with the local church to alleviate some of the people's needs was a big part of, of what we, how we connected with villages. And people, yeah. Okay. So, what is um, what is the language that is predominantly spoken in the location that you were initially called to as a missionary? Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, we were called uh, to the Balala people. Um, the you know the language we could call it Balala. There's another name that it's referred to, uh, Naba, partly because there are a couple people groups that use the same language and. Um, you know, they're not all Balala, but, um, you know, so that language was predominant 
there, we were kind of on the edge of that area where that was, um, where that was predominant. But so in our town, because it was a little bit bigger, uh, about 20,000 people, there was kind of a mix, maybe half were Bilala and then another, the other half were kind of a mixture of uh, people that are there for more trade markets. They might be from other people groups around or from the south of Chad there for government jobs or whatever. So a little bit of mixture in the town, but uh, the main um, people group in the area was Bilala. And that would be, you know, their language, their own language. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's so, so is there, um, so does everyone predominantly speak French? Is that why you learn French before you go down there or? No, in fact, uh, in town, that wasn't the most common. Um, Chadian Arabic would be the most common language in the market. Um, and the reason for learning French is kind of twofold. One, the government, official government business is done often in French, uh, especially in the capital. So it's good to know that. And then the other part of it is that our, the, the Chadian Lutheran Brethren Church operates be, you know, on the large scale in French. And so, okay. um, you know, in order to partner with them, it's very helpful to have French uh, as well. So kind of two reasons for having French, but actually the local ministry doesn't depend so much on French. That's more where the other languages come in. So Balala and Arabic. So now the Balala and the Arabic that you guys are learning, is that something that you have an idea of when you're studying language prior to getting there? Or is that something that really you need to learn by immersing yourself in the culture? Yeah, the the learning mostly happens when you get there. I mean, some of the some of the techniques that we learned ahead of time in the in our one month uh, program um, really mm -hmm. help to do that. There are some yeah. resources for learning chatty in Arabic. It's different than uh, uh, standard Arabic, although standard Arabic can be helpful. But um, and then, but then the local language, like for us, Balala, uh, you really just have to go at it. Uh, use the language learning strategies. There are some resources maybe from previous missionaries, but just go at it. Just go in and and use the strategies to kind of learn what people are saying. Nice. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, thanks for that input. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of people out there who they think about missionary work, but they they have trouble kind of bridging what that actually functionally looks like. So thanks for kind yeah. of like bringing us into that so that we can have a better idea of all the intricacies that go into it, because it's more yep. than just showing up and, you know, right. proclaiming the gospel. It is yep. like immersing yourself into that uh, group in order yes. to find how the gospel fits in. So that's yep. great that yeah. you guys are, that you guys are doing that. Um, yep. So Danny, how long were you in Chad with the Balala people for you and your family? Well, we were in Chad for only really two and a half years because um, we came back to the States, some health trouble for, with our four, our fourth son. Um, back to um, France again for a little bit for some more language school for Mandy and then um, and then uh, in Chad but then even there you know it took a little while getting our kind of oriented where we wanted to be because uh, we didn't have a mission station already in a Bilala town where we could just move to so we had to determine what was the best place to start out and uh, getting that prepared. Uh, so two and a half years about in Chad, we really only spent uh, seven or eight months in, you know, the village where we were starting to work. So um, not a long time. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I, I heard you kind of hint on it a little bit. What, uh, what were factors that, um, brought you and your family back that you had to return back to Minneapolis for what, what were some of those factors that brought you guys back? Well, um, one of the things I probably overlooked and my wife might be mad at me about that in the intro, I didn't, uh, uh, give the info on my family, which would be that I'm married and, uh, to Mandy, a wonderful woman, and uh, we have six kids, so uh, six boys. And so the other, the, uh, the thing that brought us back is we were actually um, back in the States on home assignment uh, for nine months to visit churches, connect, get some rest, uh, and see family. And during that time, our sixth son was born, and um, so he had some health complications, needed a liver transplant. And at first we wanted to consider whether we could still just delay our return to Chad and um, uh, you know, delay it a little bit, but still go back. And really just the more we were finding out about all of it, just realized that at this point, at least that return is not possible just because of you know, the need, uh, the healthcare needs that he has. Uh, this last winter, he was in the hospital five or six times. And, you know, we anticipate that maybe next winter might be the same, you know, probably better, but might still need that um, hospital care. And so, you know, there, there's a possibility that maybe distantly down the road, we could maybe, but at this point, we just said it doesn't pay to wait for that. So uh, we just kind of said, we've got to just plan on being back here and we'll move forward with, with that plan. Yeah. Man. There's got to be uh, a lot of, um, I would imagine, if I were in your place, I would feel a lot of grief about that. I mean, it's clear you're doing the right thing for your family. You're doing the right thing. But right. after all that preparation, for I, m- I remember you and I met, do you, I think we met for the first time in, in high school at a Hillcrest uh, mission yeah. conference, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And yeah. I mean, you had missionary work on your mind then. And that's, yep. that's like almost 25 years ago. That's probably 24 <laughs> years ago. I know, exactly. Yep. Um, so all this time, thinking this is where God's calling you, you know, sensing that calling, literally having a call, right? preparing for it, going there, being there, that would be, has that been confusing, frustrating? Imagine your conversations with God have been... Yeah, it's Colored definitely the kind of thing where, um, you know, I say, we, we just have to trust that God has his plan. And um, I know he does. And so, you know, resting in that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it keeps yeah. coming back like, man, is, is this really? <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I was so sure, you know, and, and I would say that that was God's plan for that time. I thought it was going to continue. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, 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 but, we, but we're... Uh, transitioning into this and and just seeing how God is using that experience to shape how we do ministry here, um, yeah. getting started into new ministry and, you know, what lessons have we learned? Things like that. I mean, yeah. it's just, uh, and even being a supporter of the mission work that's, that's there, um, encouraging others that can go, uh, encouraging others to consider going. Uh, maybe our role is doing that. Maybe, you know, who knows? Yeah. Well, so I, I've got a question for you about, how how your training and experiences preparing to do mission work elsewhere have yep. impacted how you live now and do ministry moving forward. I tell 
So I, I, I work for uh, North American Mission, and I, uh, part of my job, I, I work with churches that, that need to uh, uh, revitalize and find new strength and health, and I also help plant churches. Um, and a common factor in all that is that uh, people, you know, all of us Christians here in, in North America, we're all on a mission field, one of the biggest mission fields in the world. And even if our neighbors speak English... Which they may not necessarily, but even if they speak English, it's a different language. It's a different yep. culture. Yep. It's a different mindset, different viewpoints. Yep. And um, I, I often coach, tr- encourage churches to think of themselves as missionaries. Yeah. Uh, that their church is a mission outpost and that they are missionaries to their neighbors. Yeah. And, and they have to do a lot of the things they see international missionaries doing. Can you right. tell us a little bit about... Um, how, you know, I, I could see someone saying, oh, what a shame that Danny and his family aren't able to be in Chad. I look at it and say, what a blessing that we have somebody so well prepared for missionary work, working in the North American mission field. Right. How, how would you say that your, your experiences and training have, have shaped and prepared for how you engage in life and ministry here? Yeah, well, I would say you hit you hit it right on the head there with the idea of, you know, the cross. I mean, I would say like cross-cultural, just looking at, you know, I yeah. would say that, you know, as a missionary going to a different country, you're going cross-culturally. But then, like you mentioned, people are different and you can have somebody that looks exactly like you, but their experiences are different. Uh, their their culture is different. You know, if they're if they're not believers, their culture is different. Um, you know, the worldview is different. And that's and that's a different culture. Um, not to minimize, you know, larger culture, but, um, you know, that a group might have, but, um, but that's, that's, that's their culture. And I, and the, the training that we did before heading overseas, that one month program, especially the two weeks that dealt with cross culture, going cross culturally, there were multiple times during that training where I said, I wish our pastors had this training. <laughs> yeah. And, and a big part of it was, just looking at, um, you know, even transitioning for a pastor to transition into a new congregation, that congregation is a different culture. And I know you guys, like Ryan, you're from Connecticut. Uh, Michael, uh, you're from um, New, uh, Jersey. New Jersey, right? Yep. Grew up in New yep. Jersey. Got it. Can you say that uh, you were totally prepared for the Midwest when you no. moved to Minnesota? <laughs> Not at all. Like that's no. a different culture, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you go across, and so a pastor. Um, uh, transitioning, you know, and, and the big thing is that even if you're not moving, if you, if a pastor or even a congregation, if a congregation is thinking about reaching out into the community, they're doing something different, right? And so they're leaving what's familiar and going to something that's unfamiliar. And one of the pictures that we had in our training was um, getting uprooted, crossing a bridge and being replanted in another place and so if a if a pastor's moving to a new congregation that's obviously happening and taking your family with you on that i mean that's what's happening mm-hmm. and so really thinking about what are the changes that we're all doing right now and so two things that were really helpful for me in that were one we learned how to look at the paradox and they use the paradox uh, to remind us of that you know we have a yuck duck and a yay duck 
So in transition, this is a this is a paradox because it's good and bad at the same time. <laughs> you know, like that? Yeah. A yuck that, duck. That, I think I Mike and I could so handle that kind of training. A, so even with our There's kids, you know, sometimes, you know, if things are going pictures. on, we'll just say, okay, you know, each one of us take a turn. What's a yuck duck for you right now? And and they can share, you know, this is, you know, we're moving to a new house. What's a yuck duck? Oh, we've got our friends close by here. But what's a yay duck? Well, we, we just saw the park they were going to, and there are plenty of kids playing there, you know. So um, yuck ducks and yay ducks and everything, and that's true. And then the other thing that really hit me was, you know, as, as going cross-culturally or going to the to reach people with the gospel, we hear Paul in 1 Corinthians say, I have become all things to all people so that I, by all possible means I might save some. But the thing that struck me is the the person leading this training said, how can we do that when we don't even do it with each other? Speaking of husband and wife, mm-hmm. um, parents and kids within the church. Yeah. You know, we oh, want to yeah. do that with our, you know, people we don't know, but the people we know, we're not doing that, you know? So, so that was really big just saying, oh yeah, you know, am I really stepping into my wife's world? Um, you know, getting to know what is her perspective? Am I, Am I giving that same concern to learning about her as I am to learning about the Balala people mm. or, you know, the whatever, you know, the, the, the bar community, you know, the guys that just hang out every night at the bar or, or um, the immigrant population or whatever the, whatever this is that we, you know, that we see as different that we're trying to learn about, um, Am I doing just the same thing with my family or in the congregation with other members of the congregation? You know, are we doing it? And yeah. probably the answer is no. <laughs> right. So that's a big part of it. Just really thinking that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That really kind of uh, puts things into perspective and gives us uh, the ability to kind of look at things from a different framework. So Danny, as we kind of wrap up here uh, today, I wanted to give you, you know, one, one opportunity to really share with the people who are listening, Mm -hmm. what would be like one major takeaway that you've had other than yuck ducks and yay ducks, which now (laughs) I'm literally going to use yuck duck and yay duck any chance that I get. Um, And so other than that major takeaway, what would you say is something that uh, has benefited you through international ministry that now you have adopted stateside that might yep. benefit other people from knowing? What would that be? Right. Um, you know, one thing hard to choose, but I'd say even just from my growing up uh, in a different culture, partly would be, you know, a missionary goes with their whole life to another country and to another culture. And so it envelops their whole life. And I would say just looking at our life that way, even here, how do I involve my whole life in in the gospel? Mm. Where do I live? Yeah, I choose where I live based on that. Uh, you know, what neighborhood, all that. You know, so just looking at our whole life in that context of going to people. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that mindset of being sent is so important too. So thanks, uh, Pastor Danny. We are yeah. so encouraged that you were willing to sit down and talk to us as a guest. We're going to be praying for you uh, and your family as you begin the transition uh, to be Thank a new you. pastor in at Community of Joy. And we're excited to see how God's going to use you. We know that he's going to, uh, and we're just excited to see how that's going to happen. So thanks for sitting down with us. Yeah. Thank you, um, Thank you. And, Glad uh, to be here. 
yeah and thanks to the listeners too who tuned in don't forget to uh subscribe to the forge so that you can get notifications whenever a new podcast drops and feel free to share this resource with friends or family or colleagues so thanks so much for listening and uh, we hope that you tune in next time have a great day